Hi, Greg. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Well, so yesterday, right, sitting here, and I'm looking at kind of the state of the world, right? I'm looking at all the protests, all the, all the, uh, you know, everything that's going on. And I think to myself, you know what I really want to see right now? I really want to see Nazis getting punished. So I decided that I wanted to see uh, Nazis punched bad enough that I was willing to put up with, um, you know, lame uh, pseudo Christianity uh, as and and like overhyped American patriotism as the backdrop um, because I really just wanted to see Nazis getting punched. Um, so do the logical thing. I fire up some Indiana Jones. Very logical. Right, yep. right, because you know you've got you've got the uh, the the arc, right? Uh, you start out there, and there's lots of Nazi punching in the arc, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is great. I mean, it needs to happen. Um, plus, face melting. Who doesn't love Nazis' faces melt? Right? <laughs> um, yep. You know, on my beef with the the religion aside, uh, you know, Nazis are getting the shit beat out of them, so I'm good with it. Yep. Um, and it's you know, it's an all around feel good kind of movie. Um, so I continue on uh, and watch you know Temple of Doom, which is amazing, um, and then and then come around to Last Crusade, um, and then this this is where the problem starts. No oh boy. Because then you come to the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, uh, anyone who's, who's listened to our uh, Star Wars show... Uh, is, spoiler, is that, spoiler alert, by the way. They're, they're going it, to know. It's, it's never been released. Hasn't been released? <laughs> well, now you have to put it behind the paywall on Patreon or something. <laughs> now they're going to want to know. Exactly. But, but anyone, anyone who listens to that is going to know that I love to do some revisionist history with movies that should have been amazing, but turned out to be crap, and have Harrison Ford tied in somehow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. So, what, what? so I think to myself, <laughs> why is this movie so bad? And the answer, of course, is Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> um, but, then, but then I ask myself, well, what should they have done? And this is what they should have done. Because this is this is a franchise that is ostensibly based its success on a uh, pseudo Christian mythology, b Harrison Ford punching Nazis, uh, and c Harrison Ford punching Nazis. <laughs> um, you know, despite the fact that Temple of Doom is arguably the best of them. Um, 
you know, even even with Sean Connery in Last Crusade, uh, you know, Temple of Doom is by far the best. But we're we're putting that aside for a moment, and we're thinking, okay, how do we continue this on? Well, you got the you got the Last Crusade, and we end that with because uh, okay. So the, the entire series, right, they make Harrison Ford out to be this uh, playboy, right? Mm-hmm. He can get any woman he wants. He's, you know, this amazing guy. But in the entire series, we only see him sleep with one person. He only, so- ever, he only ever sleeps with the Nazi chick in, uh, in uh, Last Crusade. Everything else, it's off camera, in between uh, movies, before the movie, after the movie. But but the only one that he bangs in the movies is the Nazi chick uh, that he shares with his dad in Last Crusade. So you're saying, in so many words, um, that Indiana Jones is not James Bond enough for you in in that way? No, 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 no. I totally fine with the fact that. Uh, you know, they, they kept a lot of that off screen. That's, that's fine. Um, but for as much as they built him up to be a playboy, uh, he only really had that one encounter and it was with a Nazi and he shared her with his dad. (laughs) Granted his dad is Sean Connery. So, okay. But still, so all of that, uh, brings me to the ending of, Last Crusade, where she's trying to reach for the cup, hanging over the fissure, she won't take his hand, falls into the pit, the abyss, whatever, right? Uh Uh, Then Harrison Ford is hanging over, and he's trying to get the cup, and Sean Connery's trying to pull him up, and they have that moment of just fuck the Holy Grail because, you know, whatever. It's not like we just poured it on your bullet wound and magically brought you back to life, you know? Uh, we don't need that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Temple collapses on her, right? Now, at this point, what we have is a situation where, okay, the grail couldn't leave the temple, but there's no more temple because it's collapsed on her. hmm And she's stuck at the bottom of the pit, presumably with the Holy Grail. Yeah. So if you're going to make a fourth movie... And I understand the impetus to add a son character, um, especially because they never brought uh, Miriam back after the first movie, right? Which mm-hmm. was a shame, but they wanted to make him a playboy, so that's why they did it. Right, a playboy who doesn't sleep with anybody. Yep, I got right. it. Nazis, apparently. <laughs> uh, but, so, okay, we uh, we bring her back, right? And And... She has the kid, but then you've got to have your your antagonist in the movie. And why would we make it Russians when your entire thing is built on punching Nazis? And why would we make it uh, aliens when your whole thing is based on pseudo-Christian mythos, right? Mm -hmm. So instead, I propose that what should have happened in the fourth Indiana Jones movie is she should have come back to life because she's at the bottom of this pit with the Holy Grail. Sure, it takes her 20 years to dig out, right? Gives the kid time to grow up, Mm -hmm. come back, find his dad. 
she comes in, uh, you know, and just starts wrecking the place. We could call it uh, Indiana Jones and the angry (laughs) ex-girlfriend. You know, uh, and keeping with the theme, right? So the first movie, you've got them going Old Testament. They're going after the Ark of the Covenant, Uh uh, which really, really bothered me that, you know, you're in, you start this movie in Area 51. They're getting the crystal skull. You've got the Ark of the fucking Covenant right there. Pop the goddamn thing open and, you know, let Yahweh do his face melty thing. <laughs> but forget it. Forget uh-huh. it. Because uh-huh. uh, people are going to come back and tell me he didn't know it was there or whatever, even though it was blown open and you could see the damn thing there. Uh <laughs> Which obviously they did for the movie, but they also nuked a fridge. So, come on. Um, but so, so you have her coming back. You've, you you start out with, so we start out with the Ark of the Covenant. Then we move to Way Awesome in Temple of Doom, and then we go back uh, for the Holy Grail. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got the Old Testament. We've got the New Testament. And now we need to move forward. So I think that movie should be going after uh, the gold tablets in the hat uh, from the Mormons. Okay. We could call it uh, Indiana Jones and the Magical Underwear. <laughs> All right. I mean, it would have it would have made as much sense. Um, probably would have been an amazing movie um, because, you know, you can basically make up whatever you want about the Mormons and no one cares. Like, <laughs> but they've already got him uh, in in the third one in, in at the beginning of, of uh, Last Crusade. Uh, didn't they have him in Utah anyway when he was uh, when he was a kid? He's going on the train and they had they felt the need to put in the pit of a million snakes inside the train because we have to explain why he doesn't like snakes, even though he didn't seem to care at all when he fell in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to say so. I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time, but yeah. yeah and, and, you know, I, I get what they were trying to do with the Shia LaBeouf character, right? They were trying to basically bring in... Uh, a little bit of that Marty McFly angle, right? Uh, to to bring things back together. At least that's how I read their writing of the character. Uh, sure. They're trying to do that. And I get it. And, and for all of the gimmicky, like, uh, you know, the boat goes off the cliff and then it hits, lands in the tree and then it goes into the water and then the tree comes back up and slaps the Russians off. Like, really, that's not any worse than anything that happened in any of the other movies, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, they, they were always kind of had that slapsticky undertone to them, and I, I think that's part of what made them endearing and great, um, other than being obvious propaganda pieces. Um, <laughs> and I don't say that as a bad thing. I don't, because, let's face it, anti-Nazi propaganda is a damn good thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I will watch Nazis get punched all day. But they did exist ostensibly to say, look at how stupid the Nazis are. You know, uh, they're complete buffoons that can't handle anything. 
Um, they're evil, but they're also, you know, complete morons. Um, and, you know, I don't know, maybe that doesn't sit right with me only because, like, that takes the edge off of how important they actually are historically and, and you know, how, they, they, like, they really are a threat that, that you know, and, and their resurgence now uh, should be taken very seriously. But uh, at the same time, they're feel-good movies, and, and I, you know, uh, despite the religious messaging, uh, I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know, I, you know, but I, I really do think that uh, they could have and should have made a much better fourth movie. I mean, it just that everything was set up. Uh, you know, to just knock it out of the park. And then instead they decided instead of using the bat to hit a home run, they were just going to club you over the head with the words Henry Jones Jr. in case anyone didn't piece together before she explicitly told him that the fuck (laughs) was his son. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's a, that's a lot to unpack there. Um, (laughs) All right. So sticking, sticking with the, the, the fourth movie for, for a little bit here. I mean, I, I felt like right away from the, the, the casting of Shia LaBeouf and you know, knowing, knowing that he was going to be in this and I, you know, don't you feel like from like, regardless of how the, how he was written and the story played out and your, your Marty McFly angle, as you say, and whatnot. um, Like to me, it always felt like, this was going to attempt to be some sort of transition movie where all of a sudden now he's going to pick up the mantle and, and continue. Right. And they're going to spit out movies every three years and they're going to get another section of the franchise going. Right. Like very much think that was their plan. Um, and had they picked literally anyone but Shia LaBeouf, they might have been able to do that. <laughs> they might have had a chance. I mean, they could have they could have recast Sean Connery as Harrison Ford's son, and it uh-huh. would have been. I I would have just you know they'd been like you know everyone would be up in arms like you can't do that you can't take because he was the dad. And then the kid, and now he's older, but he's also the uh-huh. son. Work, and you just say, "Look, it was this or Shia LaBeouf." Yeah. And everyone stands down and says, "Okay, all right, uh, we don't want that kid from Holes. Go <laughs> do your thing." Yep. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you. I, I I don't know if you know, but I mean, what wasn't this like right around the time that he was really starting to go completely off the rails? Like, because I remember the first 
Transformer movie. And Oh, I remember like, Megan Fox too. Oh, Megan Fox. Oh. I mean, she didn't need to be able to act. I'm I'm sorry. What? I I just went to some some weird place there. Um I don't I, mean, I don't I really don't, know what happened. Couldn't do anything after that movie? Could what? Certainly nothing anyone cared about apparently cuz I haven't heard. Uh no, she, I mean she she did at least one or two more of those movies. Um, beyond that, uh, oh, she was in the, uh, she was in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, that's right. We all saw that, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I absolutely, I absolutely did not. But, but no, beyond that, um, what I was getting to was that, you know, with, within the first movie, you know, and I had seen Holes when I was, like, what, 12? Like, I, I don't know when that came out, right? But, like, I had seen it once, whatever. I didn't remember this kid. I didn't have any idea who it was. Saw the first Transformers movie. I And I really... Uh, you you could have, you know, plopped a giant turd on, on top of a stick and called it Shia LaBeouf. And I, I wouldn't have even noticed because... Yeah, that movie really was all about Megan Fox, but... Well, that um, movie was fucking cursed to begin with. I mean, you know, first off, you got uh, Michael Bay. Then you got uh-huh. Shia. And then for some reason, they decided that, like, uh, physics and, like, uh, spatial relations don't matter. And you oh, can no, have of course not. like, 70 feet tall, but then it transforms into a... VW Beetle and like there's all this extra room to fit people inside of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it just it just kind of, you know, all, and the, all the pieces come together real well. You know, like it just I mean there's there's just no uh nothing. I I got nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. That movie was uh, It was what? It was cursed. It was cursed. It was yeah. cursed. It was cursed. Uh, you know, but, for, but, for all that I... And don't get me wrong, I love giant robots fighting. Uh-huh. Uh, and I love uh, Transformers, like old Transformers. Um, even even when you look back and you realize how incredibly uh, thin the plot was, you know, capturing Energon and, like, what the hell is actually happening in any of this. But you know what? They also, they had... Uh, Ravage and Starscream and, you know, all of these amazing uh, badass Decepticons that they just, like, turned into shit in the movie. Um, you know, there, there, was, there was a lot of good in it because, like, you could run with your imagination with how badass all these, like, transforming robot things were. And then when they brought it to, to Michael Bay, he just said, you know what, let's take everything that we think was ever good about this series and let's just blow it up. And I mean, literally let's use explosions mm-hmm. on it. Uh, and then, and then we're going to hire a cameraman who has epilepsy uh, <laughs> because I don't want you to see a fucking thing that's going on in any of these fights. Uh-huh. I want you to just be like, you know, uh, like, like you're on the ground and the robots are really fighting and everything is shaking so that you 
uh, have this immersive experience where you don't know what the fuck is happening at all. And, and I'm sure it was done for immersion, but it didn't work. It just made everyone motion sick and made you not able to follow what was happening at all. Uh, you know, the humans in the movie were entirely inconsequential. No one cared that they were there at all. The only thing we cared about was Megan Fox and giant fighting robots. Um, well, absolutely, you know, because this it, movie was completely targeted to the, you know, uh, what, 11 to 27-year-old demographic of, let's be honest, basically white males, right? Yeah, like, pretty much. There was no other, no other audience for this at any point. Do you think... Do you think that Transformers was the turning point for Michael Bay? I mean, Michael Bay is is basically his own meme unto himself, right? At this point. And uh, you know, everybody knows <laughs> what he has turned into, right? But so I was taking a look because you know, I I know several of the things that he di- that he's done, right? But his first ever, like his directorial debut on a a full motion picture was Bad Boys, and so like I I think back to that, right? And and Bad Boys was. You know, it was high intensity. There were a lot of explosions. I, you know, I also haven't seen that movie in, God, what, probably 20 years, right? But I don't remember it to to the point of, like, Transformers ridiculous. And and maybe, you know, this is just fog of war or whatever. Like, I, I just don't remember because I haven't seen it for so long. But... Let me just let me just go through a list here, right? One of the most badass movies of all time, The Rock. Right? The Rock. Well, yeah, it was a Michael Bay film. Like, and you got Sean Connery, and you know you can't go wrong. Oh yeah, no fucking I yeah, just good movie. I mean, I would watch Sean Connery all day long. For sure, absolutely. And where's he been? He's he's just completely dropped off the face of the earth. But but is The Rock good because of Michael Bay or Sean Connery? Well, yeah, I'm not saying that The Rock is good because of Michael Bay. What what I'm trying to to suss out here is the the ridiculousness of Michael Bay and everything that he has become, right? Um, you know, they they fucking make they basically make Taco Bell commercials now that are like directly ripping off the Michael Bay um you know the the uh the feeling of a Michael Bay film and just the ridiculousness of going to get nacho fries from Taco Bell because they're appealing to that same 11 to 27 year old white male demographic that any Michael Bay film is Right. I mean, it's true, and let's face it, uh, much much older than twenty seven here, but uh, it works on me. I mean, I turn on the TV, shit starts blowing up, and I'm like, "Yeah, Taco Bell." 
because <laughs> I I associate Taco Bell with things exploding. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Eat a Bag of Dicks is brought to you by, well, us. Hi, everybody. It's Ron here. Look, getting a new show up and off the ground is not easy. We don't have any real sponsors at this point, but still doesn't hurt to throw in a little shameless self-promotion. Greg and I have no plan to kid ourselves into turning this stuff into a full-time gig, but there are still costs associated with getting this podcast and the other stuff we're going to do off the ground. Wait, what's that you say, Ron? Other stuff? You bet your sweet ass there's going to be more. But at this point, you can interact with us on most of the different media platforms at Eat a Bag Podcast. You can get a hold of us on Twitter. We have a dedicated subreddit, a Discord, eatabagpodcast.com, or plain old email, eatabagpodcast at gmail.com. And for those of you that are the most generous of all, we've set up a Patreon at patreon.com slash eatabagpodcast to help support the costs of hosting and publishing the show. And the other stuff coming in the future, too, of course. Once again, that's patreon.com slash eatabagpodcast. Thanks again to, well, us for sponsoring our own show. Now, back to it. <laughs> no, so I thought about this a bit too, right? As, as I'm watching the, the quadrilogy um, that is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm thinking in the back of my head about Michael Bay because I'm watching and I'm watching all of the spots that there are needless explosions. And I'm thinking, you know, Spielberg wasn't all that different except that his explosions were smaller because he didn't have CG to just blow everything the fuck up. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you, you watch uh, Last Crusade. There, There's that uh, famous boat chase scene, and they go between the two boats as they're pushing them together, and yeah. the bad guy's boat comes through, and it gets crushed, and then it explodes. Why the fuck did the boat explode? There's absolutely no reason for that boat to explode, but it does. <laughs> the, other uh-huh. boat, the other boat that gets behind it and gets chopped up by the propeller, everything is fine until they get off it, and then it explodes. Yeah. Like, there's explosions everywhere, uh, you know, for, for no reason, for no logical reason. Like, this would not happen in real life. Um, you know, so... I, I think to myself, if we were to go back and remaster those movies um, with the CG that we have now, we would basically have Michael Bay movies. Yeah, but would we though? I mean, I well, I, no, I know, we, I, I know what you're we saying. Would still have movies with good. We we would still have movies that are good, just with ridiculous explosions. Sure. I I mean, I guess to a point. What what it's really. What it's really well, hang on. Okay, so let me come back to that for a second, because because I I agree with where you're going on that, but it for me it's a slightly different take. Let me just let me just round this out for you real quick, right? So his his first four movies as a full time director: Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, and Pearl Harbor. Okay. Now, all of those movies are pre-9-11, right? I think I found your turning point. Well, 
But you you brought up a good point earlier uh, about the CGI, right? So that was a time span from 95, that's when Bad Boys came out, to 2001, right? And mm-hmm. and you think about the the CGI and the things that you could do at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And you compare that to when you get into post 9-11, and now you have... <laughs> Bad Boys 2, The Island, and then Transformers. And then Transformers 2, and then Transformers 3. And like but there there's this there's this there's the turning point of like when Michael Bay went completely off the rails and to me it really like for him you know, it to me, I kind of see that as like, uh, you know, because he he had the ability to do it, right? Like, why did Lucas pick up the camera and film everything digital and start doing the prequels when he did, right? It's because the technology was finally there, even though you'd go back and you watch the prequels and so much of it looks just really outdated but at the time right what you could do with cgi at that point uh compared to what you could do in the 80s or the early 90s was night and day like it was amazing this is true but i think you know given given your list here if i have to assign a point where things started to turn for Michael Bay, I would have to say Armageddon. And I, I would, this, yeah. you know, this is the point where you pick up the, how absurd can we make a plot mm-hmm. for all of the amazing things that that movie has? I mean, Aerosmith, Liv Tyler, uh, Bruce Willis, awesomeness, right? But, Let's send a bunch of, uh, you know, inbred drillers into space. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to stop a comet. Uh, like, this is, honestly, this is the kind of plot that would have been in a Spielberg movie in the 80s. Sure. Uh, but we... But that, but see, that's, that's not something that I can... Um... It's not something that I I can really truly fault um, Michael Bay for, right? He's taking the material that was given to him right. by by Jonathan Hensley and some fucking crack named J.J. Abrams, and he's putting it on in, onto film, right? But like he's just taking the shit. Like even before J.J. was a thing, he was just. He was still somehow literally getting shit put onto movie screens. But this is this is the point where he accepts that it doesn't matter how obscene, absurd the plot is, right? Oh, for sure. And I then, mean, he's he's and, still signed on to do it, like right. So he's, he's no saying, doubt. you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't care how bad the, 
how stupid the plot sounds. Um, you know, which arguably it was not a bad, it was not a, a terrible movie. But the plot, like if you read the the summary of it, um, it sounds just absolutely absurd. But arguably was not a terrible movie. But uh, you go from that then to Pearl Harbor, where he learns all about explosions. And oh, then yeah. you take absurdity plus explosions and create Transformers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, after you made a quick after you made a quick stop through Bad Boys 2. So Right. But it's a little bit it's a little bit of a, a slow burn to insanity. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. After discovering that an asteroid the size of Texas is going to impact Earth in less than a month, NASA recruits a misfit team of deep core drillers to save the planet. I don't want to close my eyes. Don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. <laughs> and I don't want to miss that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did Steven Tyler do it for so long? I don't get it. Oh, I, I can't even hit that note. I, most people can't. <laughs> I suppose he's a goddamn that's, professional. That's, what he, that's what he is. <laughs> to listen to him. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's you know because I I looked at you know this list and I'm thinking yeah I mean Armageddon plenty of explosions Pearl Harbor plenty of explosions Bad Boys too even from what I remember plenty but. I, I now that I kind of sit back, I kind of see I agree this this slow burn into the point of when when he got to Transformers. Right. So now Transformers, you're in 2007, which in in some ways, <clears throat> 13 years seems like. Uh, like. There's no way that that movie came out 13 years ago, but like, really? Didn't that come out in like 2003? Like, you know, I'm seeing both sides of it here because it it just, man, that feels like such a long time ago. But at, at that point, even from like, if you take from the point that Phantom Menace came out, right, which most most people will kind of herald that you know depending on who you talk to either that or Jurassic Park as like the real turn in CGI and movies you know i i don't know what your feeling on that is i i i feel like it sits more with phantom menace because while Jurassic Park was and still is an amazing feat of blending that technology with real life practical effects. Oh um, yeah. That was, that was Spielberg coming back and saying, look, uh, this is, this is how you do it. You're going to, you're going to put CG in here. Okay. You know, we're going to do the practical effects. We're going to do the CG and we're going to make something actually good. Uh, you know, oh, absolutely. And I, you know, and, and we're going to put Sam Jackson in it. So, Oh, and uh, you can't go wrong there. Right. I mean, Mm-mm. This was uh, Armageddon. If they had brought Sam Jackson in, <laughs> <laughs> they could have had. In fact, they could have had 
Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson play their same characters from Die Hard 3 in that movie, and I would have watched it. Oh, there you go. Uh I would have watched Get out of it. (laughs) Oh, man. But most people will say, you know, that turn of, of movies going so heavy into CGI really started to take off after 99 phantom menace came out and and that was the 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 new thing and you know so if you you get through that and you go through pearl harbor and bad boys and you get to transformers and now you're at this point where you've got eight years worth of advances you know i mean take a look at like you know even something like pixar right and what they you know how in the hell did they make that original Transformers movie? Or Transformers, Jesus Christ. Toy Story. Toy Story. <laughs> uh, how did they make that Toy Story Transformers movie? Jeez, how did they do that? But, you know, like, even that. You you go back and you rewatch Toy Story today, and you can definitely tell that it is the oldest full-length Pixar feature film, right? Oh, for, for sure. You and absolutely can. But you look at that and you go, they they came out with this, what, when? What, 25 years ago this movie right? came out? And, and they had the capability to do that? And, you know, any of the Pixar movies today, do, do they look higher quality? Sure, right? But... Is it is it like comparing high definition to black and white television? No, right? Like, and I I wouldn't even say comparing comparing the original Toy Story to like Toy Story four. I wouldn't even say that that's a jump between standard def and high def. You know, it's more like high def versus four K, right? Because, like, the original Toy Story already looked really damn good. And all of the newer Pixar movies also look really good. But it, mm-hmm. it's not that technological leap. Um, like, well, when you watch... That, the thing that I give Pixar in, in that, right, is that they literally had to invent everything as they went along. You know? I mean, and and they still do. Like... Uh, as as they're moving along and they need, you know, the new effect or whatever, they essentially are pioneering it. They they have to invent the way that that's done in a lot of cases. I mean, sure, nowadays, you know, I mean, well, I guess they, they worked with Maya 1 or whatever uh, back in the day. But, um, you know, they, they had to build a lot of the add-ons and stuff to do the things that they wanted to be able to do that the software wasn't capable of. Um, and they're still doing, I mean, render man, you know, just to, to be able to render and, and output things the way that they wanted, uh, you know, so, I mean, they really are pioneering that, that capability, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, I mean, and cause there's a, there's a million of these kind of stories out there, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, from Steve and his time there or, uh, you know, former Pixar employees or, you know, even people that are still there that will do interviews. But like, you know, the I one of them just right off the top of my head that I can remember was, you know, them 
um with with both like finding nemo and with um monsters inc right they those ideas for those movies were they were there at pixar very early on right but they didn't go forward with finding nemo until they felt like they had perfected the water right and like with monsters inc they didn't well, do it until they uh, water were phenomenal when they came out. Oh it yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. And like, again, because we actually just watched finding Nemo a, a few weeks ago. Um, the, the youngest one uh, had either not seen it or he had seen it when he was so young that he, he couldn't remember it. Cause he's six now. So there's a lot of those where, like, I know, oh, yeah, we've definitely watched this before, but then we'll ask him about it, and he'll be like, uh, I don't really remember that one. And it's like, yeah, okay, all right, let's watch it again. But, yeah, we watched it, and it, and again, it much like Toy Story, it was, uh, you know, the same kind of thing, where it's like, you can definitely tell that movie is from 2002, but it is not, you know, it it's not like watching... um. It's not like watching Snow White and then watching um, The Lion King, you know, both animated versions of it, right? That came out, you know, Snow White came out so long ago, you know, by the 90s. Something. It was back in the 30s. Yeah, what? Was it 39? Was it? I think you're right. I think it was 39. Um... But anyway, the 37, 37 was when Snow White came out. Okay. Um, and, and I realize that we're talking about different things here, right? Because if I'm going to compare Snow White and Lion King, you know, you're comparing 55 years of advancement, right? And we don't have 55 years of, of CGI but was advancement. It, was at this point. Really, though? I mean, let's, let's back up here, okay? Uh-huh. Snow White... And Lion King ostensibly are the same media. It's they are paper, yeah. uh, 2D. Um, granted, there there was computer usage in in uh, some of the scenes in Lion King, but yeah. by and large, it's people drawing the art style that they chose, um, and you know the the story that they chose to cover, right? Um, right. But what I'm so, what I'm saying is that so you're right about that, right? And the, and there's 55 years between those two. But if if you take the original Toy Story as an example, right? Because there there wasn't really a computer animated movie before Toy Story. You know, not like a full-length feature film, right? So there there have not been 55 years, right? If 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 we were in 2050 talking about whatever CGI is coming out then and comparing that to the original Toy Story at that point, I'm just trying to say I'm not making this argument on totally solid footing. Sure. Um, but it 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 progresses over time. You know, e- even if you were to take the the difference between Phantom Menace and the worst movie of the Star Wars series, Rise of Skywalker, right? 
the the CGI between those two movies in a 20-year time span is night and day. Well, and that, so I guess that's, that's where I draw the difference in the technology, right? I mean, if you look at, uh, and, and I won't say Snow White here, but I'll compare maybe uh, Jungle Book to Lion King, okay? Sure. Uh, both movies, um, and, and I'll, I'll forget about, you know, King Louie and all the racism, <laughs> that, but um, just, just looking at the, uh, the animation itself, right? Yeah. Um, drawing the characters, the way that they move, the way that they act, the way that they're stylized, both are masterpieces of animation, right? Uh-huh. Um, and they're both in the same medium, and there really hasn't been an advance in that medium because it's putting pencil to paper and drawing. Um, you know, I granted, um, you know, since the early days, they've learned uh better ways to keyframe and stuff but uh by and large it's still a guy sitting down with a pencil and drawing something um when you look at you know you compare toy story and phantom menace uh you know that's different because there are the limitations of the computer at the time um you know at the time that toy story came out they couldn't they literally couldn't do with the with the computers they had at the time and the software they had at the time mm-hmm. some of the things that they could do later right yeah. um you know there were no fluid uh dynamic fluid simulations right uh, mm-hmm. available at the time um so you couldn't do anything with with that right right uh, now there's also a lot to be said for for choices like why in the fuck Jar Jar Binks, but <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. But when I you know when I look at the the technology and the and the uh, you know the the animation of it, I I don't necessarily find fault there, right? I mean they're they're very much are sticking to um principles that that are grounded out of everything that came from Disney your squash and stretch your follow through your overlapping actions right um are are all present to make it believable um you know and and executed well um i i won't say perfectly but you know mm-hmm. they're they're executed well and well for the time and the limitations of the software and hardware that they had um, so I, you know, I, I give them credit there. Um, they were monumental, uh, feats of technology. Um, but then if I, if I turn that around and I come back to Michael Bay, all he did was get his hands on a copy of After Effects and the default explosion thing that comes in it and just decide, wow, this little explosion thing is pretty cool. Let's put it fucking everywhere. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That thing over there should fucking explode. Do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's like watching an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> oh, oh, Aqua Teen. Oh, I miss that show. Oh. I, you know, uh, 
but yes, I mean, if, if you want to know where Michael Bay started going off the rails, uh, Armageddon, that's where, where I put it. Sure. Um, sure. Well, and again, the I... Armageddon, yeah. but that's, that's where he started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, I could not stand Armageddon at all. Um, I have I have slightly <clears throat> I I think the last time that I saw any part of Armageddon was like in a hotel room as I was flipping through channels and it was one of those things where it happened to be on and you know so I kept watching it until the next commercial came up and I, I remember sitting there through the parts of it um, and I I definitely remember, you know, it was right before right before the launch is going to happen and Ben Affleck is, you know, galloping a little animal cracker up Liv Tyler's stomach, which like, OK, I can get that. That's fine. I'll I'll watch that for sure. But yeah. You know, we get through some further parts and, you know, commercial comes on. I go to something else. I come back to it a little while later. And honestly, it wasn't as bad. It It is certainly I, I have a series of movies through the probably late 90s into the early 2000s that will, you know, just forever be tainted by, you know, the stain of. Um, my inability to ever fully move on or forgive some of the just absolute wretched bitches that I, okay, bitches is a bad word, but, uh, like just the awful, awful girlfriends that I had at the time. Um, Mm. and, um, you know, like. Uh, it, it is very hard for me to separate the, uh, any sort of quality of the movie itself with, uh, the, (laughs) uh, yeah, the stain that is, uh, that time period in my life. I see. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, I can't do it. I mean, well, and I thought about this, right? I thought about... And, and yeah. ironically, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, ironically, no. Pearl Harbor is another one of those movies. Mm. Um, and, and that is where my complete disdain for Josh Hartnett comes from. Um, mm. Because, you know, I I, dis, I, dis, I always disliked the Batfleck, right? Oh. Like... Him and Damon went their own ways and, you know, they both forged ahead with their own, their own careers to become, you know, their own, own men after Goodwill hunting, right? You don't want to be the two guys who are always, you know, you're stuck being, uh, John Lemon and, and Walter Matthau until the day you die, right? Like, I get it. But Ben Affleck was the most deserving person on the face of the planet for the Batman role. For Batman? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. And 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 we can definitely get to that, but but the the heartthrob role that he tried to take through mm. you know Armageddon and Pearl Harbor and and that period where what did Matt what did Matt Damon do? He went and he became fucking Jason Bourne. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You're a goddamn badass. And I will love Matt Damon until the day that I die. Like, I don't care, like, what he does until, the, you know, somebody can go ahead and at Matt Damon and send him a copy of this podcast. And you know what? Shit. You can just, like, he doesn't even have to listen to the whole thing. He can just start right at this point and keep going forward. And you know what? Matt Damon... You can come to my house. You can take a dump wherever you you want to do it on the front lawn. You want to do it on the sidewalk. You you want to do it in the middle of my hallway right out here. I don't care. I will love you until the day that you die. You're fucking amazing. Ben Affleck, on the other hand, it took a good 15 or so years to remove that stain of his immediate post goodwill hunting phase um for me to actually like want Look, to see him in something and and not want to immediately throw up Affleck made some bad movies I, I'm did. not gonna I'm not gonna argue that he made some bad movies but he also made what I think is probably one of the most criminally underrated movies of all time Jersey girl Oh, I knew you were going to say Jersey Girl. I knew it. I love Jersey Girl. I love Jersey. It... That is the most amazing <sighs> Affleck, but it's got George Carlin in it. Fuck, and yeah, it, it does. It's just, it's the most amazing, and he shits all over Will Smith. Yep. I mean, how do you but, not love that movie? You know, the, the oh, God. And and see, that's the thing, is, is I do. I, I love that movie. Um, and, you know, I, I remember being a young punk ass kid, right. Who wasn't going to go into any movie and, and cry. And I didn't cry during Jer- Jersey girl, but man, if I didn't choke up, like, you know, for sure, it's like back to live Tyler. Uh huh. Uh huh. But Jersey girl will always have JLo's stain on it. And that was the biggest problem for me. I mean, Sitting in the theater, and it's got her stain on it. But, as far as I'm concerned, that movie was when he started auditioning for Batman. Sure. Okay. That was, that was when he, when he, you know, he came out with, with his daughter, and he's, Daddy, Daddy's driving the Batmobile, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's right. right. That was when he started petitioning. I was like, fuck Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we don't need nipples on the bat suit. Okay. Give it to Affleck. Double fuck George Clooney. Like, God, like Kilmer was bad, but <laughs> actually, and you know what? I, I will take that fuck Val Kilmer and the double fuck George Clooney. And I'll, I'll take both of those back. And I will say triple fuck Joel Schumacher. Because that motherfucker, like, he needs to never be employed by Hollywood again. Like, at it, 
no matter what anybody says about Kilmer and Clooney, right? The fact that that motherfucker was allowed to lay his hands on the franchise, like, it is a saving grace that Christopher Nolan was able to come in and resurrect the Batman franchise into something that people would want to watch again. Oh, God. Uh, Because he... He did everything, everything that he possibly could to torpedo that motherfucker straight into the ground. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love me some Batman and Batman Returns. Okay. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, Batman Returns is still at the top of my list. You know, you've probably got Dark Knight, obviously, Right. right up at the top. Um, and then right below that. I, I mean, for me, and and I will I will totally concede that Batman Returns is not the greatest like overall movie of all time, but it it is so high up there on the um what would be the right term for it? I I guess the the nostalgia uh of the movie itself, like right that movie was like my launch pad into everything nerd dumb. Like Well, it with, was probably also the first time you got that funny feeling in your pants. Oh with, uh, God, Michelle Pfeiffer in that suit. Oh, just like twirling her legs on the bed and purring and then giving herself a bath. Like so I didn't deep, I wasn't deep. even I wasn't even old enough to know what a chub was and I had one. Like I was just like what is happening to me right now? DC has done so many terrible things. So many. I, I mean oh. there are very few movies that have been made that are DC that are good and they they all revolve around Batman. Um and and it's led me to, well, okay, so this particular one led me to to the crisis of who was the better Catwoman, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer or Anne Hathaway. Mm. And that that is a, like, just that that's a real conundrum, right? Well, I mean, I don't you know have what? to ask myself who the better Batman was. All right. Uh, okay. That, Nothing, nothing against, uh, uh, you know, the, the Batman and Batman Returns, but, uh, you know, the trilogy, uh, had the better Batman. Um, although, although, okay, okay, I will say, um, that coming coming round to Spider-Man, right? And and the Vulture. Uh he was oh, amazing. Oh Jesus. We are we are going off in so many different tangents. So many different tangents. We're, Holy we're shit. Sticking, we're sticking in DC here, right? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, hang and, on. Okay. It absolutely I could not have picked anybody better to be Vulture in that movie. Michael oh, Keaton yeah, was no, was no, fucking no. amazing, so good. He but was keeping amazing. it within, okay. Uh, but but coming back, right? I mean, uh huh. Is is, a, is an amazing actor, and he was great in Batman and uh, Batman Returns, and they were great movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to ask myself 
in the same way that I have to ask myself about Catwoman. Oh, see, okay. So I I have a real easy, cheap cop-out way to get through the Catwoman conundrum because Anne Hathaway was not technically Catwoman. She was oh. Selena Kyle, right? Okay. And so, and so for me, for me... With Batman, so... And she what? Was, she was in skin-tight leather riding yes. a motorcycle with Batman. Uh-huh, but she only had those little ears when she flipped her goggles up. That was it. Okay. But... That that is the cheap ass way that I get around it is that Michelle Pfeiffer will forever be the Catwoman in my life. I mean, but I Anne Hathaway have... was was the better Selena Kyle, right? I don't have to ask myself who was the worst Catwoman because no. Halle. But... Oh, 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 poor Halle Berry. Actually, uh, you know what? No, you know, you know what? Fuck that. Poor all of the rest of us in the world. For ever having that been having that made like oh that's yeah, an atrocity anything good Halle Berry yeah oh there's there's got to be something I mean I'm I'm asking myself and all all that keeps coming into my mind is you know what happens to a frog when it gets struck by lightning <sighs> You ruin a great franchise. That's what happens. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I liked her as Storm. I, I thought that she I, was a good choice as Storm. In movies altogether. You what? I hate the X Men movies. Wait, whoa, I, what? Why? Why? What? And no, I, man. No, we're we're crossing back into Marvel here. We're crossing back into Marvel, man. I gotta no, put this. I gotta. Back. I gotta put this on the future list. You're crossing into Sony, uh, that, and their no adaptation. No, 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 of, no. That that was Fox. That was Fox. That was not Sony. You're right, but they just. Oh my God, was and it, but Fox it, also released Deadpool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, you got nothing. No, you no, nothing. I don't. I don't hate Deadpool. Deadpool was a good movie. Ryan Reynolds. It was great in it, which is, I'm glad he had to be good in something eventually. Oh, um, wow. It's certainly, what? It certainly was not Green Lantern. No, it it absolutely the fuck was not Green Lantern. But don't you dare! Don't you? No, stop! Don't you fucking dare dump on my man crush, Ryan Reynolds. And it, it certainly was not uh, Deadpool's appearance in the X-Men. No, no. That also should be, like, completely expunged. Like, just erase it from, like... The entire X-Men all the footage. That, that entire franchise I No, no. See, I disagree. I disagree. No, no. X1 and X2. And you know what? Honestly, First Stand was not... First Stand was not terrible. I couldn't have been happier with the casting of Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Oh, fuck yeah. I, fuck yeah. Really casting. And, and that was, honestly, that was my, my impetus to be so excited about those movies and to want to go see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went into it expecting, uh, you know, the, the characters that I watched on Saturday morning TV. 
you oh, know, to no. be amazing. Um, and what I got was Wolverine and Friends starring Hugh Jackman. <laughs> that, that is basically what the cartoons turned into, was Wolverine and Friends. Like, Wolverine became the character, and that's why they focused on... Okay, stop. Hey, no. Stop, stop. Okay, we're, we're, we're down the wrong rabbit hole here. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. That's okay. We can do a we can do an entire episode later on my X-Men hate. I get oh Marvel Marvel and Greg's X-Men hate. But we can All okay. Right. We'll, we'll bring it back. We're back on DC and the shit storm that is the DC EU. Absolutely. Uh, but wait. the the way that I get around the Batman's situation is the same way that I get around the Catwoman situation. Because, again, to me, and this could be all completely rose-colored glasses and, you know, looking back with a nostalgic eye, right? But to me, Keaton will always be the Batman... And is has always been the best Batman. However, I think that Keaton was absolutely one of the worst Bruce Waynes. And I do draw a distinction there. Like, the, the Catwoman one is a little more frivolous, right? Because in, in The Dark Knight, or... Uh, sorry, in the Dark Knight Rises, right? They all but called her Catwoman, right? right? I mean, she's Selena Kyle. He looks up, you know, her information about cat burglary, you know, in the newspaper, which somehow still existed in 2013, right? <laughs> it's referred as, as the cat burglar and all that, right? So, like, all without saying the words Catwoman, right? For all intents and purposes, absolutely she is. However, with Batman, I I have to look at it from a different lens because Bruce Wayne, you know, every everybody in the Marvel and DC side of things, you know, they have their superhero persona and and their their alter ego or their original, you know, their original ego. <laughs> Well, and will. they all also know that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. I mean, let's face right. it. Spider-Man yeah. knows that they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. But it is such, you know, it is such a definition of that character from the very beginning, right? That there is this millionaire playboy who you know outward facing you know is just some spoiled kid who inherited all of his money and whatever and like all that kind of stuff but then you know you're the cape crusader right and it it when when you are tasked with playing the role um you are you are playing two different parts in that movie whether you're Keaton or Kilmer or Clooney or Bale, like they're all playing two different parts. 
And the, the problem, like the problem with Clooney was that he was playing himself as Bruce Wayne and as Batman, right? Like he's running around that movie as George Clooney with the Batman mask on, right? Yeah. Like, whereas, you know, and I, I don't know if this is the direction that he got from Burton, if it's the way that he interpreted the character, right? But Keaton took that dark, brooding side of himself, and that became <clears throat> Bruce Wayne as well, right? Well, see, I always looked at it, and and maybe this is just me, but this is my take on the the Keaton Batman Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. I think he really personified the fact that, you know, in, in most superheroes, right, you have your identity and your alter ego as a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in Batman, it's reversed. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's not... Uh, Bruce Wayne doesn't come put on the cape and become Batman. Batman takes off the cape and, and becomes Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Um, and so the idea that his Bruce Wayne was uh, a bit more fumbling and, and unbelievable as a billionaire made sense to me uh, because he was so good as Batman and he was essentially, at least in my mind, pretending to be Bruce Wayne when he had to. Sure. But, but see, and, but, and and I will totally agree with that. And, and that is still why I feel like Christian Bale was the better Bruce Wayne because, you know, I, I think about, especially the, the scenes in, in Batman Begins when, when he comes back you know, and he's made it known that he's still alive and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's talking to Alfred about how you have to keep up this persona, right? You're you're the son of Thomas Wayne and you are, you know, the the head of this company, and there are mm-hmm. certain appearances that need to be upkept, right? And and in the original Batman movie, Bruce Wayne is a fucking hermit, right? Like yeah. Vicky Vale and uh, what's his nuts from the paper? Can't even remember his fucking Knox, Alexander Knox, right? They're they're sitting there fucking talking about like, has anybody has anybody ever even seen this guy? Like they go to Bruce Wayne's fucking mansion for this get together party, and Bruce Wayne walks right up to her and she doesn't even know who he is. Like that's not a thing. Like Bruce Wayne's not a fucking hermit. Like, that's the thing. Like, he is this out there public figure. And right. in Bat- in Batman Begins, Bale did that so perfectly, right? Like, he he's wrestling with the girls in the water fountain, right? And then, like... And that's fair. You know, Rachel is disgusted, and he's, like, all heartbroken because inside he just wants to be with her, but he, know that he, can't, he knows that he can't, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. And so... You know, and and if it was just like Batman versus Batman Begins, I'd I'd be able to leave it at that, and I'd be able to say, "Yep, I'm I'm with you." I mean, I I love Keaton, but Bale is just that one notch ahead, right? Mm-hmm. But then the Dark Knight came, and most certainly 
the best Batman movie ever, but also arguably one of the top superhero movies of all time, right? And the the opening is going, right? Joker is doing his heist. You might you might know what's going on, you might not, right? But there's already this tension building in the air because you know Joker's the villain, you know that Heath Ledger is dead, you've heard about this spectacular performance that he turns in, right? And you start going through the bank scene and you're trying to guess right off the bat what's going on and all of a sudden, you know, whether you realize it when he actually pulls up, you know, starts talking, that, you know, he's there with all the guys or whether you pick up on it earlier. Like, either way, right? Like, you're working your way through the movie, right? And he does the heist. He gets away with everything. He gets out on the bus, right? And then they get to Batman, right? And Christian Bale comes in for the first time in the movie and... You are blasted out of nowhere with (laughs) and that's his voice for the next two movies. And you're like, what the fuck happened? This, This did not happen in the first movie. Where the, just, where the fuck is this shit coming from? Between the movies, he spent some time touring with a Norwegian folk metal band. <laughs> you know, he was like, he was he was on tour with Fintroll. And... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I get it. And, and the voice, I can definitely understand that. I... I did think it was over the top. Oh, oh. Um, over the top is such a nice way to put it. And and don't get me wrong, this this is a hard decision, right? I mean, but at the end of the day, I still do have to say Christian Bale is is the better Batman. Uh, yep. You know, I I can't I can't to this day look at it and say uh, Michelle Pfeiffer or Anne Hathaway because. Both were amazing in their own right. Um, both were exactly what they should have been in the movie that they were in, right? Oh, for uh, sure. And yep. and that's and and it really is. It's even harder for me to think about this when I put this in the context of uh, the DC universe and the fact that the DC universe sucks balls. <laughs> I mean. First off, everything that we've talked about so far isn't even part of it. Nope. Just to start, right? Definitely not. You come off this amazing Batman trilogy, which my my only complaint, my biggest regret about that trilogy is that we didn't get a fourth movie. What, what I really want to see, I want to uh-huh. see between the first and second movie. I want to see a movie in there, um, Batman versus the Penguin, with Danny DeVito reprising his role, set in Christopher Nolan's Gotham. <laughs> that would have been phenomenal. I would watch the hell out of that movie. 
Uh-huh. Uh, it would have just been, I mean, I'm talking like always sunny Danny DeVito, you know, penguin. Oh uh, yeah. Would just have been phenomenal. I, I would, that movie would have given, I think would have given Heath Ledger's Joker a run for his money. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't say that lightly because that was an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get into, into everything after that. And it's just like, okay, sure. Wonder woman wasn't a complete disaster. Um, you know, and that's what they're hinging everything on right now is the fact that it wasn't a total shit show uh-huh. uh, and people could actually watch it. Um, which there, there are good parts of that movie, but the ending certainly is not a good part of it. Um, you Definitely know, left something to be desired. Yes. Sure. Wow. Um, but other than that, a, a solid movie. Um, Aquaman uh, can go fuck itself. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's nothing good there. Um, you got Batman v Superman, which um, <laughs> I, I loved seeing Affleck in the suit. I loved uh-huh. it. Um, and if it were up to me, Affleck would be in the suit from now on. Mm-hmm. He, he pulled off a Batman that to me came across a lot more like the animated series Batman than anything we've seen so far. Sure. Um, now granted, uh, you know, part of that was the fact that uh, Batman in the animated series, right? You're trying to cut animation costs, so you're not, you know, uh, doing too many, you know, crazy action scenes if you can help it. And uh, Affleck's old and can't really do too many crazy <laughs> action scenes or whatever. But mm. I mean, in a lot of ways, he really came across as that uh, real life successor to the animated series Batman. Um, sure. Which. Um, I, I thought that that was great. Um, beyond that, the premise of the movie was garbage. Complete uh, garbage. They like, it, it just, it was terrible, uh, terrible all around. Um, and it, it follows on the heels of the Superman movie, which I thought for a while they were going to make that Superman movie also not part of the universe but then did mm-hmm. so that they and versus superman in mm-hmm. uh, and then justice league comes around and i haven't even watched it because everything dc puts out is sort of garbage that i have no interest in. just a complete um, absolute flaming garbage for sure and and i and, watched <clears throat> i watched suicide squad and, and I will tell you that the only good thing in Suicide Squad was Margaret Robbie's Harley Quinn costume. Mm-hmm. That was literally it. The rest of the movie, you could throw away, and I wouldn't care. Um, yeah, I actually, uh, I, have not, I have not seen that one. I don't have any interest in seeing it. Uh, once I had seen some of the reviews and um, primarily, you know, the largest parts of it surrounding Jared Leto's Joker. Um, I thought that was such a letdown. 
coming off of Heath Ledger's yeah, and then going into this, what officially is going to be their cinematic universe, right? Because this yep. is officially part of it. Yep. And you get your Joker, and it's Jared Leto's Joker, and it's yep. just such a letdown. Yep. I mean, and... even for the, and he's only in the movie for a couple of minutes. I mean, he's not like a big part of the movie. Yeah. But which, which is what I heard as well. But I, I also heard that it leaves quite the bad taste in your mouth. It was, it was terrible. It, it yeah. was, it's, it's like they looked at it and they said, look, we've got all of these movies that we've made. Um, let's face it, mostly Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've had a couple of them that were good. Um, granted, we've had a bunch of really bad ones too. Um, and so they sat down and they sorted out and they said, okay, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, they go on the good pile. The trilogy goes on the good pile. We're going to take Val Kilmer. We're going to take Clooney. We're going to toss them on the bad pile. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Now we're starting up our cinematic universe. Um, and they told the intern, go grab that pile over there. That's the one that we used to make everything from. And the intern walks over and goes, Clooney. You know? Uh, and and now we are where we are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We are, we are where we are. And literally the only good thing that I can say about the DC universe at the moment is I like Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it was... Uh, <clears throat> all right. So I, a couple of things to leave you with here as, as we wrap up. I The first thing that I will say is... Justice League was really bad. Um, They could have given Joss Whedon another year to try and punch up that movie after, um, after Zack Snyder had to leave because his daughter committed suicide or whatever it was. They could have given Joss another year and it still wouldn't have been enough to fix that atrocity. However, Justice League was still, in in my opinion, slightly more watchable than Batman v Superman was. Oh, Batman v Superman, they may as well have just gone whole hog and had it uh, directed by Michael Bay. I I mean at that point, you know when you're, you know when you're dealing with a a guy as just absolutely toxic as Snyder is, like I do not understand why they have maintained any sort of relationship with him. Although given WB's, I don't know, responses or lack of responses over the last like three, four weeks and the shootings and the protests and all of that kind of stuff. I'm actually not surprised that they haven't fully severed ties with Snyder, but that is also something completely different. The other thing that I will say about Batman v Superman is that number one, because it's always two things with me. Number one, I went into that movie thinking that Batfleck was going to be the worst part of that movie. 
And oh boy, was I shocked not only by how much worse that movie could be from whatever <laughs> expectations that I had, but how Batfleck was the only thing about that movie that propped it up in any way that I actually liked. Right? It, uh, and it, it was, uh, honestly, it was crazy how I went into that with such low expectations and they still managed to go lower. But also that the thing that I thought was going to be the worst part was actually the best part. Like it was the only saving grace of that movie was him being in it. And I wouldn't even call it a saving grace because I will quite literally never watch that movie again. But the second thing is when you take your five-year-old or six, I don't remember how old he was at the time. <clears throat> when did that come out? Shit. Okay, it doesn't matter at this point, right? <laughs> you're, you're five, six, seven-year-old kid. It doesn't matter. Somewhere in that range, right? To a movie that opens up with, spoiler alert, again, the Wayne family deaths. Oh my god, why? When... Your young elementary school kid turns to you in the first 30 fucking seconds of the movie and looks at you and goes, oh, come on, this again? I'm convinced that every movie that Batman is in from now until the end of the universe is going to have that in it. But They can't... not do it when you have your fucking kid turn to you and say that you know that you're in for nothing but an awful next two hours and 45 minutes you may as well just get you may as well just walk up and leave get up get up and walk up at this point the only thing that dc could possibly do is just scrap everything and do another reboot, which they've done so many times and they've made so many movies that are disconnected and aren't part of the the universe and they don't count for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And like, you may as well just wipe the whole thing and start over. And I'll give you a hint here, guys. Drop the fucking dubstep, okay? No <laughs> one needs it. No one... In fact, literally everything you've done, every decision you've made in these movies, what you should do is you should keep Snyder around and you should be like, hey, what would you do here? And then when he tells you, do the fucking opposite of that. Because what he wants to do is stupid, okay? Uh, And you might, you might just come out with a halfway decent uh, franchise on your hands. But I know deep down in my heart of hearts, we're going to be watching Justice League 4. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be a dubstep douche bomb that no <laughs> one's going to want. No one wanted, no one asked for. And it's still going to have Batman's origin story in it. 